So church, I have a question for you. How many of you, by show of hands, kids and adults too, how many of you check your phone within 10 minutes of waking up? Be honest, there's no shame here. This is a no judgment zone. <laughs> All right? Yeah, I think I check it within 30 seconds because... You know, someone might text you at three in the morning with an emergency, even though that has not once happened in my life. Uh, you never know. One day it might. Um, so no, no shame there. Uh, and I know, hey, you, you got to also check those video games because those free tokens are a daily prize. You have to, you got to find that. That's really important stuff in life. Um, oh, yeah. Some of you are like shaking your head in shame. Ugh. Um, no, that, that's totally normal. Uh, Google reported uh, a variety of surveys, and they said between 70 and 90% of Americans check it within 10 minutes of waking up. Uh, whether that's good and healthy or not, I'll let you be the judge. Uh, but, and so for kids, just to give you an, an idea, kids, what that's like, if you were to line up 10 people up here, uh, between seven and nine of them would have checked their phones first thing in the morning. And so when you check your phone, you go throughout the day, what happens to the battery? Just call it out. It depletes, it dies, right? It goes down uh, as you use your phone, you, you check things. You're not texting in class, right? Yeah, good, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of like, nervous laughing going on here. Um, yeah, so you use it throughout the day and the battery goes down. And by the time nighttime comes around, hopefully maybe some of your phones are older and doesn't make it that long. What do you do before you go to bed? You plug it in, you charge it up, and then you go to sleep, and you're hopefully not uh, dreaming about your phone, but then you wake up, and then what do you do? Check your phone, and then it dies throughout the day as you use it, and then you plug it back in, right? And the cycle goes on and on and on. Our lives as disciples of Jesus are much the same. Much the same way as we go throughout our day, our love kind of grows a little bit colder, a little bit colder, a little bit colder, kind of like a... Uh, C-3PO or some droid, you know, we start to, we're all excited about life and being a follower of Jesus, and then our siblings are annoying, and our love gets a little bit more turned off, <laughs> right? And we don't really want to love our uh, friends on the street because they were kind of mean to us. You know, you really don't uh, want to do what the teacher says because, well, you'd rather be sleeping or playing Angry Birds. And that's just the way it is, right? Uh, and, or maybe uh, adults, you know, you have that neighbor who just really gets under your skin and you really don't want to say even hello to them, let alone be nice to them. Or maybe you have that, that coworker who doesn't uh, necessarily carry their own weight and you just want to let them have it and you start feeling like, and, and you, you know, our gospel batteries, just like a phone's batteries kind of die throughout the day, our, our batteries as Christians sort of do this. And all of a sudden, we really just don't want to love. And so the, uh, a, a short little soundbite for us to kind of get our minds around as we go throughout uh, Family Worship Sunday. And I know for parents, you know, you, you have all the kids with you, and so you're going to be policing them, and you, know, you might get distracted. So I like to give a little soundbite so that you're, you can kind of re-engage quickly uh, if, if distractions come, and that's okay. It's okay to have some distractions coming. That's life. Uh, that's, that's life in the family. So our little soundbite is that the gospel charges us up to follow Jesus. Very simple. We're not going for anything terribly complicated here. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus, 
just like a electri electricity comes through and into the phone and charges the battery and you use it, of course you use it. Of course you check it within 30 seconds of waking up. Why wouldn't you? You didn't charge it for no good reason, all right? In the same way, the gospel charges us up so we can say, why wouldn't I follow Jesus? Why wouldn't I show love to my neighbor or my coworker or my boss or my neighbor or that in-law? I just, you know, uh, why, why? I, this, is, this is what I want to do. Why would I not? And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to use an object lesson. Object lessons are fun, keeps us engaged, right, kids? And so we are going to use a phone. Uh, phones are something that some of you have, all of your parents have. So um, this is something that can be really good and, or really not good, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're just going to use it as an illustration, okay? So throughout this, uh, this sermon, little message, we're going to have three elements. We're going to talk about electricity. We're going to talk about the charging cord, and we're going to talk about the phone. All right, and then in each of those segments, I'm going to need a kid to come up and help me because I, Mr. Asa needs lots of help. It's just, I need more help than all of you combined could give me. Uh, but I'm going to need your help, and so I'll call on you throughout, uh, throughout the message, okay? So be, maybe be ready for that or talk to your parents and see if you can work up the courage to, to come on up when I call on you. So for now, though, we're going to have the passage of Scripture being read from the book of Acts, because that's what we're going through as a church. And we have, a, I, love, I love this, we have the reader theater coming up, which means it'll be kind of acted out and the, the Word of God will be heard in a, in, a, in a way that maybe you've not heard before. So I'm going to invite them to come on up and uh, share God's Word with us this morning. The Lord's angel said to Philip, Go south along the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip left. An important Ethiopian official happened to be going along that road in his chariot. He was the chief treasurer for Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The official had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was now on his way home. He was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit told Philip to catch up with the chariot. Philip ran up close and heard the man reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. Philip asked him, the official answered, How can I understand unless someone helps me? He then invited Philip to come up and sit beside him. The man was reading the passage that said, He was led like a sheep on its way to be killed. He was silent as a lamb whose wool is being cut off, and he did not say a word. He was treated like a nobody and did not receive a fair trial. How can he have children if his life is snatched away? The official said to Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So Philip began at this place in the scriptures and explained the good news about Jesus. The prophet Isaiah spoke these words about 800 years ago. In this passage, he is speaking of the coming Messiah, the anointed one of God, the suffering servant who is now come. You have worshiped God in Jerusalem and must have heard of the murder of Jesus Christ on the cross. He is the anointed one. Although he was without sin, he was falsely accused and was treated harshly. But he endured the cruel torture humbly and without complaint, like a lamb led to be sheared, like a lamb led to the slaughter for the sins of all the people. He was put in a tomb, but after three days he arose victorious over sin and death, and he returned to his father. All people who repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins will receive this Holy Spirit. As they were going along the road, they came to a place where there was some water. The official said, Look. Here's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Philip replied, You can if you believe with all your heart. The official answered, 
I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He ordered the chariot to stop. Then they both went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. After they had come out of the water, the Lord's Spirit took Philip away. The official never saw him again, but he was very happy as he went on his way. Philip later appeared in Azotus. He went from town to town, all the way to Caesarea, telling people about Jesus. So uh, what we're going to be talking about today, I need my first volunteer to come on up. I need one of the kids to come on up and help me with uh, one of these, uh, some situations that I, I think I might have. Let's see here. How about you right there? Come on up. Well, hello. What is your name? Miriam. Miriam. Very nice to meet you, Miriam. Now, I need some help. Are you ready to help me? You are? Okay. So here is a phone, and it's got all kinds of stickers on the back. It's all kinds of fun things. But here, I want to have you hold on to that. And what I would like you to do uh, is to go and press that button right there in the, at the bottom of the phone. Okay. What happened? Nothing. No, not, nothing at all? No. Not nothing at all? Like, well, so you can't help me? Nice. No, so, and here's the thing. We're going to pretend that the phone uh, won't turn on at all, okay? We're just going to pretend it's, it won't turn on. Why would a phone not turn on? Because it's not charged. It's not charged. And what does the phone need to charge up? Everywhere is gone. Is it like electricity, you think? Yeah. Electricity. Electricity, yeah. It needs electricity. And where do you get electricity? happen to have something right here, Come, a little cord you can plug into, all right? So we're going we're gonna to maybe look at that later on in a service. But thank you so much. You know what? I set you up to, to not have the phone turn on. So I, I'm sorry for that. But you did a great job. Let's have a hand for her. Thank you so much. Yeah, just like our phone, our phone can die, right? It won't turn on. It's basically a paperweight. It doesn't actually do anything functional when the batteries are dead. So the same way, just like a phone cannot work without electricity, in the same way our lives as Jesus' disciples cannot work. As long as the gospel is unknown to us in different parts of our lives, we won't live like Jesus. And so really, just like the eunuch, at, this time, at the first four verses in Acts chapter 8, uh, verses 26 to 40, which is the passage you just heard, in the first uh, four verses there, and you see the eunuch, he's clopping along in his, in his chariot, and the gospel is there. He has the Bible, or at least one of the books of the Bible, but the gospel is not in his life. The gospel is unknown to our friend, the Ethiopian eunuch. So his life hasn't been changed yet. He's just, the gospel is there, and it's important, and he knows something is there. He says, I know there, there's something, or else he wouldn't be reading it. But it was outside of him. So in the same way, you and I, we can be in spots where the gospel is unknown to us. And I don't mean you don't know about the good news of Jesus, how he died on the cross for our sins, and he raised again from the dead three days later. A lot of us know that. But then when we say, well, how does that impact the way that I treat my classmate at school? Or if you're homeschooled, how does that change the way that I treat my neighbor across the street or the neighbor friends who come over? Or if you go to a co-op uh, throughout the week or something and you have that kid who's uh, by himself, or you have you go to recess and that kid is just kind of kicking the soccer ball around in the gravel and no one's with him or her, right? And so 
when, we're, when, we, when we say, I don't, I don't really want to help them. I don't really want to love them. I'd rather be with my own friends. I'd rather be with my, my group at work. I don't really want to um, go to the person over there. I don't want to talk to my neighbor because that's awkward. I'd rather just be comfortable. And that's when we know that our gospel batteries are sort of starting to get lower and lower and lower until we turn off. But that doesn't change the fact that the power of the gospel is meant to charge us back up. And it's, it's really important. But the problem is, the problem is getting this into this. How do you do that? Like, open sesame. Work. Abracadabra. Is it working? No. Oh, my goodness. All right, and here we need our second volunteer for the, for the morning. And what is your name? Brian. Brian. Brian, thank you for volunteering. Now, I obviously am not very smart. I, this is not working. How do I get the electricity from this extension cord into that phone? Well, first you, well, first you need a brick, then you need a power charging cable to plug into the phone. I need a brick or a charging cable. Do you have one right here with you? Uh, no, but I can see one. You can see one? Why don't you go ahead and grab that one? <laughs> you pick the wrong kid sometimes. You know, you're just like, <laughs> you know too much. All right. Now, what, how do I do this? I mean, I, I see a, a white cord in your hand. Um, how does that help me? Well, first you plug, plug the brick into this. Okay, go ahead and do that. All right, and then what? Then you plug it in here. And that's it? Yeah. And it just works? Yeah. Oh, oh what happened? Oh, snap. <laughs> High five. Awesome. Let's give a hand for Brian. The first service went terribly differently than this. I thought the phone was dead, but it really wasn't. It, like, resurrected from the dead. So now we're just going to pretend. Um, so that was awesome. So in the same way that the charging cord delivers, somehow it gets to power out of the wall into the phone. And it's really important. It's important to have a charging cord. God used a charging cord in the Unix life. He, what he did, he says, I'm going to take community in the person of Philip, right? and I'm going to take the Bible, and we're going to use these things like a charging cord to get the gospel into the life of the eunuch, just like a charging cord gets the electricity from the wall into the phone. And so this, is, this could look like a lot of different ways, really. But one thing that I, I like that Brian did is that he, he spelled out that you have to plug it into the electricity, and then you have to be intentional to plug it into the phone. Both are important. If you forget one, will the phone charge? No, it won't charge. So you see there in verse 35 in Acts chapter 8 how it says that Philip started with this passage of Scripture from Isaiah that was written and then proceeded to tell him about the good news, right? He started, he plugged in to where the eunuch was, and he plugged in to the gospel. And he acted like that charging cord that got the gospel into the eunuch. 
And so things like community, like community groups, or going to Thrive, or going to Journey, or going to any of the other Bible studies or Bible clubs throughout the week, those are all kind of like charging cords that get the gospel back into us over and over and over, just like you need to charge your phone over and over and over. Uh, other things, you have prayer. Prayer is like talking to God and listening to God. That was a way that the Holy Spirit can directly put the gospel into us. That's kind of like the wireless charging station. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit is, is just speaking to our hearts. You also have things like fasting and silence and solitude. These are things and these are ways, uh, we call them spiritual disciplines, and some of them, to get the gospel into us. And here's the thing. With a charging cord, like you don't go shopping for a charging cord, like, and you go to the store, right? And then, well, you get this phone along with it. No, no that doesn't make any sense. A charging cord is really important, but it's not the point. The point is that you use your phone, right? So in the same way, these spiritual disciplines are crucial and they're important to your life, but it's not an end in, in, an end in and of itself. It's not like, well, I've read the Bible, I've prayed for 20 minutes today, and I've fasted yesterday, and now God will like me. It's, that's, not, that's not the thing. That's not the point. When we come to see Jesus, he's going to say, hey, did you know me? Did you know me? And, and it could be through all these different uh, practices and activities that we talked about, but um, so the, the charging cord is important, but it's not, the, uh, it's, it's the, it's not exactly the point. Just like spiritual disciplines are important, though they're not the point. So we've, we've talked about how the gospel is like, is like the electricity that comes in and it's required for us to do anything in our life. And it was, it's oftentimes unknown to us and how it applies and how it's relevant. And so that's why we need a charging cord to get it into us, like community or the Bible or prayer or fasting or communion itself or something like that. But then, once your charge, your charge is there, your phone has juice in it, you're ready to go, well, then there's one last step. And this is where we have to go to seeing what is the response to the gospel. There's a gospel unknown, there's a gospel delivery, and then there's a gospel response. And so we're going to need my, final, my third and final uh, volunteer to come on up uh, for, yeah, right there, come on up. All right, we have our last volunteer. And please introduce yourself, good sir. Henry. Henry. Henry the what? The eighth? Tenth? No? You're like, you're like I love the whole like cocked like, what are you talking about? Awesome. You're, you're Henry though, and that's awesome. All right, so I'm going to need your help to use this phone because it doesn't make any sense to leave it off. So here we go. We're going to leave it plugged in because there's no sense uh, in keeping it unplugged. It's an iPhone 5, so it might die unexpectedly. All right, so here we go. So we have a little uh, picture of a dog on there. So go ahead. I'm going to need some help from you to use this phone. I'm going to need some information from you. Can you help me? Yes. yes. Excellent. All right, so go ahead and hit that, that circle button at the bottom. Hit it again. Hit it one more time. All right, I'm going hit, to hit the number 7 and then a bunch of zeros until it works. My daughter's going to have to change her password. <laughs> Sorry. All right, so now, there's a, there should be an app on there, a picture of like a sun on it. Can you go ahead and, and, and tap that with a, it's like a picture of an orange sun? Yeah, what, what's the temperature? 87. 87. 87 degrees. Parents, now you know how to, it's going to be like on the outside 
All right, now go ahead and hit that circle button again. What else, what else can we do on our phone? Can you do a math problem for me? There you go, hit the calculator, good. All right, now I'd like you to do, oh, I don't know, uh, 325. There we go. Three, okay, there we go. Three, oh, we'll do 3,025, that'll work. Uh, divided by nine. Where's nine? All right, what's the answer? Just say that part right there. 336. All right, 336. Henry, thank you so much. You have helped me use my phone because I can't do math hardly ever, and I never know the temperature. So you have helped me tremendously. Can I have a little high five? Awesome. So of course we use our phone. It would make no sense to wake up and then your phone's just on your table and you leave for work. Some of you, that'd be like leaving like your brain uh, and you can't, you, know, you can't go away, your right arm on, on your nightside table uh, if you don't take your phone with you and use it throughout the day. So in the same sense, when the gospel charges us up, it compels us to respond to it in some, in some way, right? The good news, if it really is as good as we say it is, if it's really powerful, then it's going to change us. It's going to do something different. If it doesn't, then we have to ask ourselves, do I even really care about the good news of Jesus? Do I care that he first loved me? Does it even make any difference in what I do? So the eunuch... What he did, they had a conversation with Philip, and whatever the conversation entailed, it was probably a relatively long conversation. It's a long desert road out there. And at some point, though, he said, you know, there's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Right? Why not? Because I'm sure at some point Philip mentioned, hey, baptism is is a good first step for someone who calls Jesus their master, their Lord. And so it just felt natural for the eunuch to say, why shouldn't I do this? And then, of course, he, he was baptized. And this was a response to the gospel. It's not some magic, again, it's not some hocus-pocus ritual. It was something that God calls us to do as a picture of uh, how we were different. We were dead in our sins, and so we're kind of buried in the water, and then we come up raised with Jesus to newness of life. That's the picture of baptism. And so actually, I'll also give a little shameless plug right here, as mentioned earlier by the gathering hosts, about baptism. If you are a follower of Jesus, or if perhaps you just want to become one today, and you're like, yeah, I want to find out more about following Jesus, I want my life to be his, uh, baptism is, is a first step. And even if you've been a Christian for a long time and have not done that, hey, again, no shame in that. Let's, let's start to obey, right? Let's respond. Uh, and with uh, the, the uh, baptism meeting in Pastor Brian's uh, office uh, after the, this service, uh, this gathering, might be a good first step for you to say, I want to respond to it. Because Jesus was baptized. He commands his followers to be baptized. That's a good thing. So uh, no matter where you're at in life, um, if it's uh, kids talking to your parents about that, uh, that might be, maybe you're not ready to get baptized, but maybe you could start the conversation even about that, as, even as young ones. And parents, you can maybe have that conversation uh, with your kids, just start to talk about it. Uh, so that's, that's one way, but that's like, that's the first way. That's like when you get your phone out of the box for the first time and it smells all like, oh, that new, it would be like a new book smell, but this is like a new generation, so it's the new phone smell. Uh, you know, and so as you have that phone out and that first step is, is baptism, but just like a phone, you have to charge it over and over and over. The same way, every time, all the days of your life as a Christian, 
you are going to need to charge back up to say, because he first loved me, I will love others in some way. Like in our house, we convert everything to the currency of love. You know, so hey, how can you uh, kids, you know, honor mom and dad as a way of loving us? And hey, mom and dad, we can show love by uh, caring for you, caring for your needs, loving you well, hugging you when you're, you know, when you're not doing fine and all this. These are all ways of loving. Uh, even being patient is saying, I'm going to love you well. So it's easy to say, Jesus first loved me, therefore I'm going to love you somehow. Some practical ideas. Jesus forgave you right? That was the, that's the gospel. He forgave us. He didn't hold our sin against us. And so therefore, we are now able to do that for others. When that kid across the street is kind of a punk and doesn't really do nice things to you, you can actually forgive. When your siblings take your toy or take the TV before you can get to it or whatever else, you can forgive. If someone has genuinely wronged you, I mean, I was, um, some of my childhood, you know, I was like, I was on the other end of the bullying spectrum. So for me, it had to be forgiving that person who was not nice and mistreated me. Uh, and of course, we deal with it properly, but there's also a sense of forgiving them. Or adults, when, you, again, you have that, that coworker who's not pulling their weight, you can, you can take proper steps to get things done, but you can also forgive them in your heart. When your spouse pushes that button that they know that if they push it, it'll get you going, and that just causes major friction in your marriage, you can come back and you can forgive, not because you're good enough to do it on your own, but because the charge of the gospel is in you over and over and over that you can then do it. Just like Jesus welcomes you, you can welcome others. Because he says, you're mine, I call you beloved, I am excited to have you in my family and you belong here. You are no longer an orphan. You're mine. You're my kid, and I love you. In that same way, you can extend welcome to that kid at the lunchroom table who's all by themselves. Or if you're homeschooled, that kid across the street or in your neighborhood or in your co-op that doesn't seem to really fit in. As the, as the kid who grew up as the dork, I'll assure you, it would mean the world to just come over and say hello and say, hey, you want to come play with us? That would be amazing. For you, you know, for you adults to include people maybe on your street that, hey, on your community group, I want, you to, I want you to come over or just invite them over for a meal. That would probably give them, like, their jaw would drop. Like, what? That doesn't happen in our day to day. Other ways you could include people. Uh, when Jesus gives to you, he is so generous. We live in lives that are very blessed by God, oftentimes. And so because Jesus gives to us, we can then give to others. You know, if you see that kid uh, that doesn't have a lunch, share your lunch with them. You can be giving of, of your lunch. That's a very simple way. Or that, uh, that, that maybe one of your classmates is struggling. You can give your time. And you can say, hey, I'll help you. You know, I, I could be playing Angry Birds, but I want to help you. I could be doing whatever other fun thing I want to do, but, you know, because Jesus is generous to me, I'm going to be generous to you. Because Jesus is patient with us, I can be patient with you when you push my buttons or when I have to wait for something at home. I have to wait for dinner. Mom, I'm starving. Well, okay, you're going to have to wait. Okay, you can wait with patience. Even in small ways, we can remain patient because Jesus is so patient 
with us and all the ways that we struggle and fail. Parents, you know, that is, yeah, patience with our kids sometimes is required. And you think, oh, how could they do this? Didn't I raise you differently? And whatever else. And you can remember yourself, goodness gracious, how patient has the Lord been with me, even within the impatience I have as a parent? All these things. Uh, last one, uh, last example is that how often does the Spirit of God lovingly confront us in our sin? And that's love. And because he does that, we can lovingly confront. And I put that, that adverb, lovingly, <laughs> confront each other uh, with ways that are unhealthy if we see something in each other's lives. Oftentimes in community, that's the best way to do it, in community groups. Because I know that I need you to observe my life and lovingly confront me because Jesus has done it for you and vice versa. These are some ways that the, the gospel power comes into us and then we live it out over and over and over, over and over and over. Just like the cycle we see in Acts chapter 8, we can see the same things in our lives. So I want to give you just a kind of a, some closing thoughts just to take this with you. As you notice your phone's battery getting low, Remember that you also, like myself, tend to drift away from the gospel. When you plug it into that charger, remember that the spiritual disciplines are crucial to deliver the gospel into your soul, even though they're not an end in and of themselves. And when you wake up in the morning and you feel compelled to check something, check your daily bonus or check your stock or check your text messages or Snapchat, in the same way, you can consider, how can I love someone else well today? Because Jesus first loved me. Really, why not? <laughs>